Hello and welcome to the Literature Podcast, A Novel Review. My name is Seamus, your host, and together we will discuss, dissect, and explore the wonderful world of literature, and the wonderful world of literature is a vast and dense jungle, so let's start making our way through, one book at a time. Hello, good day, and welcome to the beginning of another episode of A Novel Review, a podcast exploring the wonderful world of literature. My name is Seamus and I am your host, and for today's episode, the Orestian Trilogy and its final chapter, The Humanities. But before I jump into this book, I always take a moment to reflect on any mantelpiece moments, something to highlight from the week past, and... This week, nothing to note, actually, which might sound a bit boring or depressing, but it's, well, I mean, it's it's my own doing, actually. I'd, I'd signed up to go to this great lecture at the university I work at, and when I say lecture, I sort of more mean like a, a small meeting or a discussion tutorial kind of thing, and it's part of this larger push from the university to display basically the university collections and what they have in storage. So this one was going to be about bookbinding, and in the collection, you know, we've got all these old books that they were going to showcase. There was going to be some specialist in, in bookbinding, which I suppose they have those. And some of the books are dating hundreds of years. So, you know, like any lovers of books would be like, holy shit, this sounds like really interesting. I'd love to go to that. Anyways, I turned up and I was like, hey, I'm here for the bookbinding thing. And they were like, it's on Wednesday. And I swear it took me a few seconds to realize that it was not Wednesday, and in fact Thursday, and I had missed it. So, yes, I am a fool. It was my failed attempt to have a mantelpiece moment, something interesting to bring you guys for this week, but I failed quite spectacularly. So, apologies for that. It was sad. They are holding multiple events, so I will get to go to a few when when possible. But So that was, yeah, I don't know, my failed mantelpiece moment. Anyways, on with the episode. Housekeeping, as always, all the scripts from the episode are available on my website, just in case you know of anyone who has a hearing impairment who might get a kick out of a written version of the pod. So head along, they are all free for use for all to enjoy. Well, here we are, episode 7, episode 14, and now episode 21, the final part of the third part trilogy. Aeschylus's The Orestian Trilogy and its final chapter. The Humanities. What a journey this has been. And I've been doing a bit of research and reading about this online for today's episode for the Orestian Trilogy in general. And it seems a lot of people think that this is one of the better works of literature and one you can really read and pull some genuine thought from to influence your life and action moving forward. And I like I heartily agree. Now, episode seven was the first play. Episode 14 was the second. And this is the third of the three part trilogy, of course. So if you haven't listened to those first two episodes, I would suggest going back and listening to them first. If you don't really care, then keep listening. So here we are, the final installment of a story so wrapped up in bloodshed and revenge, justice and the evolution of society. We have had blood spilt, revenge plotted, vengeance executed, one big cycle But as always, let's start off with a sparkling quote to highlight the literary skill of this man, Aeschylus. 
This quote is Apollo speaking about how he will protect Orestes from the Furies, and the Furies for reference are this trio of goddesses who seek justice and so pursue Orestes with a fervent desire to bring justice to him. So this is Apollo speaking to Orestes and he says, I will not fail you, near at hand or far away. I am your constant guardian and your enemy's dread. Now you see for one brief hour the rage is quiet. These hunters caught in sleep, these ancient ageless hags, whose presence neither god nor man nor beast can bear. For sake of evil they were born, and evil is the dark they dwell in, subterranean Tartarus. Being abhorred by men and by Olympic gods, then fly and do not weaken. They will hound you yet, those seas and island cities, over the vast continent whereof earth's face is hard with wanderers' feet. Keep courage firm, nurse your appointed pain, and go to Athens' city of Pallas. How damn good was that? The way he just sweeps through such beautiful passages. The Furies kind of steal the show in this installment, but I will get to them in a moment. I think right now I should do an overview for all of you. In fact, I might even do a brief summation of what has happened so far in the previous two plays, as well as this one today. So here we go. In the first play entitled Agamemnon, we had Agamemnon's wife, Clytemnestra, and her lover, Aegisthus, murder Agamemnon after he returned from the Ten-Year War of Troy. This was because before the war, Agamemnon had sacrificed one of his daughters for favourable winds for the fleet to set sail. In the second play entitled The Corphori, we had Agamemnon and Clytemnestra's son, Orestes, and his daughter, Electra, conspire to avenge their father's murder. Orestes does exactly this, killing his mother and lover Aegisthus, and so here we are, part three. After killing his mother, Orestes is ruthlessly pursued by the Furies, who, as I said, were a trio of justice-seeking goddesses. But Orestes is able to escape them thanks to the help of Apollo from the piece we just heard before. The Furies then reawaken and chase Orestes to Athens, where he pleads for help from the goddess Athena. Athena sets up a trial of Orestes with a jury to hear and debate his crime, and I think that's where I'll leave it because it's time to start getting into the nitty-gritty. This play is different from the first two. It's not as violent. Instead, it's more dealing and exploring the repercussions of that violence without perpetuating new violence, which is funny because, so far, the whole story has been a cyclical structure of violence being born from previous violence. And so, this play shifts from the themes of violence across a legacy of bloodshed that have dominated it to themes of justice in a society where the judicial systems are rising. And if we want to think about this through a historical lens, this could be one of the most important plays in history because Aeschylus's play reflects the changing social and political landscape of Athens during the 5th century BC. This is a period characterised by the transition from autocracy to democracy. Embedding something like this, like democracy, into a play that is going to be watched and respected by the populace could help to drive home the stability and foundations of this idea of democracy. What I love about this play was the rationale behind it. Some of the conversations to justify actions that are being carried out. The conversations are mostly between the god Apollo and the Furies. Apollo defending the actions of Orestes and the Furies condemning them. And some of the conversations go as follows. Apollo says, how's this? So far inform me. And the Furies respond, it was your oracle that bade him take his mother's life. And Apollo responds, 
my oracle bade him avenge his father. And then the conversation goes on a bit before the true justification happens, until Apollo questions asking, And when wife kills husband, what of her? And the Furies respond, They are not kin, therefore such blood is not self-spilt. What I loved about this is the duality between the situations. On one hand, you have Apollo justifying his actions, you know, I bade him avenge his father. And then the Furies are like, no, 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 he killed his mother. And then I really loved the line about kin and self-spilt blood. A wife killing a husband, and I suppose vice versa, is not as bad as committing patricide or matricide in the eyes of the Furies because in patricide and matricide, you are spilling your own blood rather than the blood you have married. It is just one of those conversations and indeed one of those ideas that happens so often through not just this play but all three parts and gave me reason to think and consider. It's an incredibly well-balanced play, especially when it comes to these conversations about power and gender. You have a father killing a daughter, the wife avenging the daughter and killing the father which happens to be her husband, the son avenging the father and killing the mother, and then an actual conversation about the cause and effect of both what that means and what is worse. The play culminates in the acquittal of Orestes, with Athena casting the deciding vote in his favour. This decision not only asserts the primacy of the new legal system, but also marks a significant milestone in the development of democratic principles. Aeschylus suggests that justice should be based on reason, evidence and impartiality, rather than personal vendettas. If we have any legally blonde fans here, you will of course remember the quote written on the blackboard that states, The law is reason free from passion. And who was it that spoke those immortal words? It was Aristotle, the great man himself. But another wonderful aspect to the creation of this judicial system being set up is that the judicial system has many ideas behind its creation. Punishment, of course, being perhaps the main one, but another reason is to alleviate those who would seek revenge. In the second play titled The Orestes, if we cast our mind back, Orestes was unsure whether to commit revenge, and it was his chief struggle throughout the play. He was unsure if revenge was the right course of action, and then here we are in part three, learning about how the creation of this system is set up to remove that internal debate, to free up the suffering from sins that you may commit in reply. And then to add to this, at the end of the play, The Humanities, there is the shift and pacification of the Furies who become the Humanities, or the kindly ones. This transformation is a symbolic representation of the transition from a retributive justice system to a more compassionate and restorative one. The humanities become protectors and benevolent forces within Athenian society, emphasizing the potential for growth and reconciliation. This trilogy of work blows my mind at the individual level, the familial level, and the societal and governmental level thousands of years old and yet still as potent as anything produced today. So all in all it's a nice ending of sorts that despite these legacies of bloodshed we can still progress as a society and strive for something better that isn't resulting in violence. Now what would I rate this play? I mean I have to be consistent because it deserves consistency. I've rated the first two 4.5 and I'm going to rate this one 4.5 as well. But across the board, I mean, it's probably a five, let's be honest. It's one of the most complete pieces of literature in history, so you know what to do. 
So what am I reading this week? This week I am reading one of my favorite books. I genuinely can't remember if I've already mentioned this on the pod in an earlier episode. But if I have, that's too bad because this book deserves attention. It is none other than Dracula by Bram Stoker. Honestly, the idea of horror lit was boring to me before I read this book. I think the first few hours of reading when it's Jonathan Harker's and and Dracula in his castle is some of my favorite literature that I have ever read. This is my second read now, and I've been looking forward to it. You know, it's one of those books that after you first read it for the first time, you just cannot wait to read it again, but feel you have to almost wait a respectable amount of time before rereading. Yep. Well, it's one of those books for me. I am sure I will be doing an episode on it a bit later this year, so buckle up. It's coming. Now, before I close out the show, if you have listened this far, please consider hitting those five stars. I would really appreciate it. Also, feel free to head along to the website and support the pod. And of course, thank you, thank you, thank you for your attention. So, I think it's time to end this episode. And to take us away today, I think one final quote from Aeschylus from today's play, The Humanities, and the quote goes a little something like this. Fate's enemy, my enemy too, shall not give sanctuary to sin. Orestes is accursed, and he, though he seek refuge with the dead, shall find no place where guilt is free. Soon there shall come one of his own kin, a like avenger to renew fate's curse upon his branded head.